Hi, it's me, Sam. I wanted to jump in before this next episode to give you a little backstory and prep you for the conversation. Now, I try and fill each episode with strategies and tactics to help you grow your business and feel more in control as the owner. But before any of that can work for you, you've got to know it's possible to see the kind of success you want for yourself. I pride myself as one of those few coaches in the wedding industry who's a full-time educator. I'm not selling or servicing clients or leading a wedding operation anymore. I did that for over a decade. Today, I've made helping wedding pros like you my one and only job. It's fun to share my own experiences with you. The podcast has been a great platform for me to highlight lessons through storytelling instead of training. I love it. But I don't like sharing just my success stories with you. I'd like to give you more insights into the wins that my clients get as well. But rather than me blather on about their wins, I thought it'd be more interesting for you to hear directly from them and what it was like to get from where they were to where they wanted to be. I've long said that the three most difficult words to say as a business owner are, I don't know. And if that's true, the next three most difficult words are, I need help. Every one of my coaching clients and our company's copywriting clients have said just that. And every one of them is glad that they did because their businesses are more successful for it. Today, we're going to hear from Mike Zawadzki. Mike first reached out to me back in the summer of 2019. He'll share more about what was happening and why he sought out that help. But in the meantime, he's been one of our most active and successful clients. He's a photographer out of New Jersey, and he's doing gangbusters business, even during the pandemic. He'll share some of the numbers with you, and it's going to blow your mind. But I want to highlight a couple of things before you tune in to what he has to say. First, even though Mike hit a home run with his business these last couple of years, he didn't start on third base. He had struggled a bit with relocating halfway across the country to a new market. He didn't have a lot of images from local venues in his portfolio. He wasn't on a bunch of venue lists. and He didn't have a gaggle of planners throwing clients his way. And that brings me to the second thing I want you to know about Mike. And this one's really important. I showed Mike the way to book more clients. I helped him set up his sales process through my online course. He attended a workshop to develop key sales skills, especially selling the different buyer types, discovery calls, and custom proposals. And I helped him with creating effective packages and pricing for his clients. But here's the thing. He did all the work. He put it all into practice. He took the risk, and he's the one who's reaping the reward. Because that's the thing about owning your business. No one can do the work but you. Experts like me can set up the system. Coaches like me can train you with new skills. We can even write copy for your website to get more inquiries. But the ultimate outcome is up to you. And that's why I'm so proud of Mike. He took the risk to say, I don't know. I need help. He opted into the same opportunity everyone in the wedding industry has for me, for coaching, as well as for our copywriting from our team. And Mike took full advantage of it. The risk was worth the reward, 50 times over. Enjoy the episode. Own Your Business is a podcast for event professionals who want to grow with proven approaches. I'm Sam Jacobson, a sales, pricing, and copywriting expert in the wedding industry. Throughout my career, I booked hundreds of events for millions in revenue. I've also led teams in premium and luxury markets. Now I coach people like you with my company, ID Action Consulting. It's not easy to run a business, especially if it's a business of one, because we aren't born knowing everything. Like you, I had experts who showed me the way when I was starting out and when I was ready to level up. I hope this podcast gives you the confidence to own your business. Mike Sawatsky, thanks so much for joining me on the podcast. I am super psyched to have you here, my friend. Why don't you introduce yourself to the people who are listening so they can get a better understanding and then we'll jump into some of the content for us. Sure. Sam, thanks again for having me here. My name is Mike Zawatsky. I am a wedding photographer in New Jersey. I've been photographing weddings for almost 15 years now. Um, a lot of the first part of my career was as a second photographer for other photographers. I worked at a camera store for about nine years. I went to school for fine art and photography, and I really started focusing on growing my own business in about 2016. Ever since then, it's just been a crazy journey with lots of highs, some lows. We met two and a half years ago or so, and uh, you know, when I came to him, I was doing pretty well. I found the online course, Sam, that you had through Facebook. I started seeing your name come up every now and then in some Facebook groups because people were saying, oh, you know, you need to use uh, the Sam Jacobson method. And I was like, 
what is the Sam Jacobson method? Is this like a George Foreman grill or is it like, you know, does it sound like people were giving like almost an infomercial or it's like uh, people were even sending me DMs on Facebook and were saying like, oh, like you tried like the Sam Jacobson proposal or this or that. And I'm trying to work on this in life always, but I've always, I'm always kind of a skeptic of things like that. You know, I feel like whenever people start to like hype about something, of course it can be good, but I'm like, well, what is that? Like I'm already booking weddings. Like I've been doing this a long time. Like, why do I need this? Like, I don't, but then I looked into it a little bit more. I looked you up and um, your company and I watched uh, one of those like older videos you had on your website. So I'm like, I think there were some clips in it from the actual online course of you standing by. It might've been that whiteboard you have right in your uh, office there now, but so I bought the course and um, I was at the point in my career then where I could invest a little bit more into to education. And just as, like I said, I was a skeptic at first of, of what, you know, everyone was Sam Jacobs and this or that. I've always been even a bigger skeptic of photographers who provide business education. And again, not that there's no one good out there, but I feel like there's a lot of people who, um, you know, would have been like for someone in my position who's doing pretty well but then thought they could teach like everybody else how to run a business. So I, I, uh, I was intrigued by the idea of learning business and sales from somebody who wasn't a photographer, but that specialized in those things. And I really enjoyed the online course. I mean, the, you know, our in-person meeting, which was a few months later, kind of right as slash before COVID started, you know, was, I felt like I was getting almost exhaustive instruction, right? In, and I mean that in a good way, right from the video content. I was like having to rewatch things because when I first got your your video course, I was like, all right, like I'm going to put this on while I edit and then just like, maybe I'll learn something from it. But then I realized like, oh, I gotta, I gotta like give this my full attention and take notes while I'm listening or work on what the topic was. For example, if it was how to build like a, a better looking proposal for, uh, couples, I would actually work on that while listening to you or pause it or rewind it. And I was a quarter or half of the way there, I think, with the information you were um, putting out in, in the in the course. And then when you offered the in-person workshop, I was like, well, I'm already starting to notice some improvements in my sales and conversions and just the confidence too, because as I raised my prices and and also to match the quality of, of the photography I was doing, I wanted to be sending couples nicer presentation in terms of, of what I was sending them and not just like a standard built-in quote in my CRM. So I went to the in-person workshop with you. And I mean, that's where, that's where my career really changed. The great instruction from you and Katie and being able to ask questions that were specific to my business um, and I think before I even purchased the online workshop, you and I had had a um, maybe like an hour call, and I um, I was really was enchanted by your um, you know I'm sure while I was on the call with you, you were selling to me, so your um, <laughs> your, techni- your techniques worked. But in person is really when it changed. Just the sense of um, again, not just the quality of the information and the ability to ask questions, but the fact that we had a great group of people there who were, it was a mix of some photographers and, and other wedding professionals too. And it was really nice to be able to um, huddle up and kind of those little breakout sessions to brainstorm with other people, talk about our different markets, what works, what doesn't, you know, I guess I was expecting more of like a harsh dose of reality or like a baptism by fire or like, just like, you know, you guys were going to tear me down and, and, but it wasn't like that at all. It was a very supportive um, experience. Actually, one of the most comforting things I learned, and I think that's kind of what we're going to talk about today from from what we've gone over a little bit, is that I realized I wasn't doing um, I wasn't doing terribly. I mean, I had enough money to attend this higher end workshop, so I must be doing some things right. Uh, and that was really reassuring to know that, like, hey, I don't need to like reboot my business from the ground up and 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 restart everything. And uh, so it was, it was really great just to learn what I was already doing well, so I could not spend as much time on certain things and then what I could do a lot better. So I could invest my time and money into, into things I needed to improve. You know, you've been one of the most dedicated wedding pros that I know to improving yourself and improving your business. Over the last couple of years, you've seen some incredible results. I'd love to hear a little bit more about, you know, you don't have to get into the details too much of it. I don't want to put you on the spot to share 
private information or business information, but tell us a little bit about you know where you're at now and some of the successes that you've had over the last couple of years. If it helps, like before the workshop, again, I had done a, at least maybe one or two calls with you. I forget at this point, we've, we've done so much stuff together, but, and then I took the uh, course and around 2018, summer 2018, you know, I had been uh, business partners with another photographer in Florida and uh, we split up and I kind of decided to stay there for a little bit because I wanted to see what would happen. Now, financially at the time, I really, only, I, I always tell people this story and it's hard to believe because, because where I'm now, but I only had like a few hundred dollars in my bank account and a couple of credit cards that I didn't have, you know, spending power on. So I joined the knot and I think I was in a unique position at the time because I did have a good portfolio and I had experience. So I was able to leverage that spot on the knot in Florida and in New Jersey. It was like what I spent like really the last of my money on at the time. And I was able to start booking some work. And a lot of it was not very good paying work, but after splitting up with my um, partner there, I, I really needed, I just needed to take what I could get. And um, I was just uh, winging it and in every sense, you know, in terms of sales and consults and a- anything really compared to what I know now with the knowledge I have. So I did, um, I think I did ride a bit of just standing out from other photographers visually, then which does start to matter less as you get more experienced and into higher markets with just competition that's, you know, as good or better than you are. So, but I did, I did kind of lean on that at first and, um, you know, my life turned around in other ways then. And I, and I don't mind sharing this personal information as well. You know, this Katie knows this, but I also around that same time for a few months, I'd gotten, um, sober, I stopped drinking and, and my life started to turn around in a lot of ways. And, you know, when, when you make good choices like that in life, you think everything doesn't always get fixed at once, but things do tend to start to, to get better. You definitely, I don't believe in like luck necessarily. I think it's when we make good decisions and uh, you can't always have premonition of what will get better or, or some things also get harder too. But I um, I started to really have a lot of improvements in my life. And, and one of the things was, even though the, the jobs I was doing weren't super high budget jobs, uh, weddings, I was starting to um, be able to put away a little bit more money. And then instead of, again, finally before, because my whole life, even now, sometimes I still, you know, I always want to buy the newest car, the newest camera, this or that. But I don't know what it was. I think it was just from talking to you and then watching those videos. I said, I have to try their class. So the biggest takeaways from the course itself where I needed a better website because the website I had was just one that was, uh, I made myself on Squarespace and it's very rudimentary and basic. So I wanted a better looking website that represented my um, photography better visually, my personality. And, and the thing is too, is that, and you guys said this, is that I'm a pretty good writer, actually probably a very good writer, but it's always hard to write about yourself. So paying for copywriting, uh, went a long way. That's been a great relationship that I've maintained with with Katie and the team, the great team you have there. And um, you know, I had uh, website redesign and copywriting done, and and even recently, I've had some newer um, pages made for my website that have been a big help. There's always been now, even as I started to see more success right after the coursework I did with you. There's been like milestone points along the way, like the. Um, certain blog articles such as, um, you know, what it's like to work with me or six tips for preparing for your first call with your photographer, or um, right now the intro pricing, like uh, landing page that again, isn't like a full menu of, of every single thing we offer, but has some good intro info for people, the team page, there's really just certain pages along the way that even though everything I've gotten done is important, there's certain milestones along the way that I've noticed have helped streamline my business. And um, it's one of the things you talk about, like social proof have helped me appear, at least in my opinion. And, and when I do get good feedback from clients, it appears more of authority. I just had a great conversation today with a father of a bride. And this is a wedding where I think that I could have potentially lost the booking if I had not offered to the couple because uh, I had a great conversation with the bride, start off right off the bat. And, you know, we've same sense of humor. 
loved my photography. We're on the same page with all of the things she wanted to do. And then I hadn't heard from him for a few days. So I sent a follow-up uh, text, you know, cause we were already at that level where I didn't feel uncomfortable sending a text and she's like, Oh, you know, we have to go over with my parents. They probably have a few questions. So I said, you know what, why don't you tell your parents, if they want to talk to me, give me a call because I'm good at talking to parents and had a, a nice uh, chat with her father today went over some things and, and I could just tell since he's the one paying for it, he felt, uh, and he, he used to run his own business too. He felt a lot more comfortable about everything and, and they're going to book now. So my whole point of mentioning that was he specifically mentioned, he's like, wow, that, you know, that pro- we've gotten a bunch of proposals from photographers, but yours really stood out. He said, as a former business owner, I really appreciate the kind of personalization and attention and everything and presentation that you put into that. Nobody else did that. I don't know if that's necessarily what made them book. I think the couple really wanted to book me no matter what. But my biggest advice or one of the biggest pieces of advice I have is that every single thing you do uh, along this journey when you grow and, and you do something like upping your game when it comes to making a custom proposal, it might not be a magic. Not Really nothing is a magic bullet, like cure all for anything in this industry or in sales in general. But all these little pieces are building blocks to success into a bigger the bigger picture and for certain clients something like the presentation and um, aesthetics of your proposal might it might be the thing that makes the difference for the discerning parent who's spending upwards now with photo and video of, of ten thousand dollars on the on their daughter's wedding so I don't always get that kind of feedback from clients I mean I'm assuming that because we're booking and doing pretty well that people like it but it, it's nice to hear that kind of feedback too so that's just one thing that happened today that made me uh, think about what we were going to talk about on the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that you, you know, you brought in a story about how somebody fell in love with your work. That was the thing that, you know, hooked them, that brought them in and you connected with them and they were good to go, but there was still somebody else behind the scenes that was involved in making the decision. You felt in the conversation that there was another step you had to make. And rather than just let them sit with it and hope that they could convince dad, you offered and said, hey, how can I make this easier for you? I'll just reach out and talk with him myself. I think that's a kind of uh, importance that you put to your clients and the personalization that lets them know you really do care about their best interests and you want to make this as easy as possible for them. And you're right. There are a lot of little things like that that do pop up that make a big difference. I'm curious in going through and thinking about some of the changes that you've made with your sales process, what are some other little things that you've done differently that have got big results for you? One of the biggest things, again, it's a recent change. Um, you know, I know you like to talk about like quick, like high value changes. The proposal is one of them and it wasn't exactly quick. Cause again, it's one of those things that's always changing a little bit here and there. Like you find a more effective placement for an image or changing up um, the text a little bit, things like that you tinker with over time. But just the fact, again, of sending a proposal that's a link on my website that looks pretty. But then within that itself, the scheduling aspect of all of it, because one of the things I found that I was doing too much as my business scaled, uh, even again, even during pandemic and just lots of moving parts. But I noticed my business just growing at a really high rate is that I was spending too much time on these back and forth emails like, oh, well, when are you available? Or no, when are you available? I'm available this day. And it's it's kind of what I've what things that I've grown with. You know, I don't do every single thing that you said, carbon copy now. And, you know, uh, like I first started with doing always a follow-up call. I know that if I do do a follow-up call with a couple that it's going to be great. It's a little bit more of an open-ended thing now where if I feel like it would be valuable, I bring that up towards the end of the conversation or I reach out a couple days later and schedule it. But So I kind of use that as a um, tool like that. But in terms of the scheduling, the reason I mentioned that follow-up call and everything is because I used to end all of my emails to inquiries or a little bit of the back and forth in emails. Oh, well, I'm available X, Y, Z. Does this work for you? And that's, and that's a great strategy. And I found that that was great for me when 
I wasn't as busy because again, you know, everything you talk about, it puts the ball in their court. You're ending with a question, all of that kind of sales psychology stuff that goes into it. But I'm so busy now that I found my inbox just being like overrun by those emails. And then I'm spending so much time, whether I'm like pulling over on the side of the road in my car or interrupting dinner with my girlfriend or friends or my mom. And I'm always on my phone. I'm like looking at Google calendar. So starting to use a scheduler with Calendly, and that was only really a month or a little more than that ago has freed up my life so much. And, you know, in this day and age, I've heard some people in like the um, tech industry say it's rude to just send people your scheduling link, but my couples seem to really find it convenient, especially ones that have booked me and have already done a lot of the back and forth with me or if their wedding's coming up and they need to like schedule a call and just want to do it. I'm a little bit more, I guess, polite when I send them like, hey, I'm literally looking forward to talking. Um, here's the, my full availability on a calendar. Please set up a call at your earliest convenience. And uh, that was just a, a little tidbit I heard that some people find it rude to send your scheduling link, but my couples really love it. It saved me a ton of time. And also it helps me plan the rest of my week because one of the biggest things I focus on when I you know, running my business and then is also a photography educator on the side, I always talk about how to save time and make time for yourself, your mental health, your physical health your social life and having a scheduler and having the, you know, as the week goes by, I see the consults start to populate later in the week. And for next week, it help me, helps me plan my life a little bit better than just popping in and, my, in and out of my email and having to constantly refresh my email and feeling like I need to respond to people in that like lightning fast type manner. All that work just to set up a phone call. So that's um, one high value change I've noticed over the past month or so. Yeah, you know, those are, I, I don't use a Calendly, I use Acuity, but it was a game changer for me too, the back and forth. And even offering like, hey, I have this time, this time, and this time, which one works best for you? Click the link to get on the calendar. It's kind of a nice little, you know, one, two to make it yeah, simple with the, nice. with the prompt, right? Mm -hmm. Let me ask you, Mike, because you've had so much success. Like it's a disgusting amount of success that you've had, <laughs> <laughs> it truly. I feel like you're James Brown, the hardest working man in the wedding biz, because you have completely filled your calendar. One of the things that we have talked about over the last really three, six months is that what got you here that we worked on two years ago last year will not be the same thing that gets you where you want to go because you don't have an infinite amount of time. You do have shifting priorities. One of the things that I feel like there's a misconception about in the any kind of industry, but whenever there's a salesperson involved is that it becomes something that's not about helping people get what they want or connecting with them in a way that's actually meaningful. Do you feel like the work that you've done with clients, especially during the sales process over the last two, three years has allowed you to continue to connect with them? Or is there anything salesy or cheesy about the work that you're doing? No, uh, learning the, having those sales process questions laid out for me in a written form like that. And just again, re repetition over and over has helped me ease into, um, having conversation with people easier. And again, in, in translating some of those into in person. So hopefully, uh, somebody out there listening, not a natural extrovert expert conversationalist right off the bat, like me, and, and it needs a little bit of work. Hopefully that helps. And yeah, that's one of the biggest things I've taken from, you know, taking my sales process and uh, questions or, any, or anything like that and, and applying it a little bit to the whole relationship with the couple altogether. Yeah, it's interesting that you talk about that because I probably get the most pushback from anything that I train or coach on related to getting on the phone. You know, one of the things that you've heard me say quite a bit is, to be a guide for your couples and to be the leader for the conversation. And I think that scares a lot of people. And to be put in that spot is really difficult to do on purpose as part of the sales process. You know, obviously you said that you had some struggles with it, but you faced it and learned through repetition and got more comfortable with it. Now that you've been doing this for a little while, do you think that you could find the kind of success that you have had 
without this personal of approach? Yes and no. I mean, yes, I think I could have kept booking weddings because I was doing obviously a few things right to be able to feel like I was actually ready for a higher level workshop. You mentioned a couple of times that you did insane business this year and you're already at capacity for next year because you've seen so much good results from, you know, the approach as you've, you took the foundation and you built on that and and did your own thing and it's worked out really great for you. What do you see as your next goal? Well, I had this idea because I was getting lots of double leads. Like I was booked for a date already and I was getting another inquiry for it. So this was before COVID became like a big thing. So I wanted to focus on how can I scale my business? How can I still serve these couples? How can I increase my income? So I wanted to build a team, right? And it ended up working out great because then COVID happened and I really needed people to back me up for several reasons for couples that were picking dates that I wasn't available for or someone being sick or all sorts of situations that came up. And I really needed that to build a team and I've done that and it's a growing and changing thing um, all the time still, you know, I just had a conversation with a friend today and she was like, Oh wow. Like I, I have trouble finding somebody to work for me that can take a picture of this and focus. And you have this amazing team. And I do, I, I love the people that work for me, but there's growing pains with everything that's learning who works together. Well, who doesn't work together? Well, um, you know, is this person going to end up being a good fit long-term? Does somebody have the right intentions while working for me? And if you're part of my team and you're listening or you hear this, you better have the right intentions, but no, it's really about, and, and look, I can't blame somebody if they want to work for me, if it's part of building their portfolio and they're going to move on and build their own business. I mean, that's part of life. People do that, but you know, I have to try and make, analyze those things and make the decisions, then am I going to give this person more work or I'm going to give more work to the person who I know maybe has a full-time job already and um, wants to work with me more exclusively, or even if they have uh, a business in another genre of photography, but want to work more exclusively with me for weddings is there's a lot of um, politics and decisions and uh, things that go into um, building a team. So it's not all easy. It is overall great though. I, I love the people that work for me. I'm very grateful for them. And uh, yeah, I mean, the next thing for me is to just keep growing that, refining it so that, um, you know, from the, when this first started, I think I was very bad. I know I was very bad at selling Tiffany or Gerardo or any of the other photographers that work for me to a, a couple. If I wasn't available, it was almost like, Oh, bummer. You know, here's this other person, though, and obviously that's not going to hit very well. So we've grown a lot since then, but I'd like to keep refining that message, keep both on the sales end and on the back end introspective side where I learn more about the people working for me, learn how to utilize their strengths and uh, the best, how to help them if they have weaknesses, how to implement people into my company and how to grow sustainably and in a way that doesn't make me feel burnt out or make me send the email too late or or anything like that. So just to grow in a responsible yet uh, productive way. And, um, you know, ultimately end goal for me, I don't know, you know, five years from now, uh, what that might be. It might be opening my own wedding venue. It might be teaching more photography because I really do love teaching other people photography. I mean, going all the way back to college, I um, I used to teach a course over the summer for middle and high school students in photography. And I just, I really got so much joy from that. Um, I don't think I would specifically do that again. You know, when I worked at the camera store, I taught lots of beginners how to use their cameras and that can get a bit uh, repetitious. But in general, though, I just love almost as much as when I get a great photo, I get excited about it. Or, you know, nowadays when I book a great wedding, I get really excited about that. I get uh, almost as much excitement helping somebody else do something like that themselves. That's the thing, though, is this very saturated market with education. But I'm I'm confident that I can provide some very concrete and um, tangible and, and helpful information for other photographers out there. So I'd like to focus on that more or... Who knows? Maybe I'll think of another kind of idea that I'd like to to work on in the future, but I would like to free up 
more of my time and not be photographing ever again in my life, 60, whatever it was, 65, 66 weddings in a year and to um, see what's what's out there and give myself the opportunity, both financially and um, time-wise to, to find out what that is. So that's really what's uh, on the horizon for the next five years. We're developing a better video team and better video product. And I was kind of hard on myself because that's a new thing for my business. I mean, I know a lot of good videographers and it's something I always thought we could add, but just like anything else, like the first few weddings I photographed weren't up to the quality and the um, smoothness that I have now. So uh, yeah, there's want to refine the, the video process, the album selling process. It's kind of all these things that now that the work is coming in reliably, I'd like to add on numbers to those to to grow them more. And I like the market I'm within. I mean, I think one thing too is valuable information I can, can have for any listeners is that people equate leveling up in this industry far too often with being a luxury wedding photographer. And that's great. If you want to get into that market, there's good money in it, but there's also a lot of things that come with it that I don't wouldn't want to do necessarily, but you can level up your business in other ways. You can work with the same kind of people you're working with now, but sell them more products, uh, add on video, add on albums. So I don't think I'm ever going to be a luxury wedding photographer in the sense that I'm rubbing elbows in a tuxedo and a black tie in New York City on like a, a at a penthouse or on like a rooftop or something. That's just you know, if someone ever did want to hire me for that, of course, I'm, I I love working in new places all the time and, and, you know, meeting new kinds of people, but that's just really not my brand. It's really not my personal style either, but I'd say I'm doing quite well and I'm finding other ways to level up my business that aren't necessarily, you know, copying what everybody else is doing and trying to get into that particular market. You can really level up your business in many ways, whether it's making a new website, some new content on your Instagram reels, which is something I also did this year. There's a lot of ways you can go about uh, improving your business without having to force yourself to change anything. I mean, one one good example I can provide for photographers out there and I, is that you don't need to, it's just a good analogy, you don't need to, for example, change your editing style. I mean, unless you're bad. If you're really new and, and like you're just kind of all over the place, you're not consistent. Yeah, there's probably things you need to change a little bit to, to be more appealing, but in general, for the more uh, advanced, sophisticated, experienced photographer, you don't need to follow trends like that. You know, if you have a good, consistent style, one of the compliments or um, reasons I get, you know, because I asked the question on the call for the couple is, there's a lot of great photographers out in New Jersey or New York, or you know, this is the number one market in the country. There's just no, it's just factually it is. Um, there's a lot of competition out there, a lot of great, talented uh, other options you could have reached out to. What made you want to reach out to me? And I asked not to pat myself on the back or to have people hear them say nice things about me, but I asked because it helps me understand what clients' expectations and, and priorities are. And the number one answer I get is, we reached out to photographers. A lot of them have the same style or it looks like they all blend together. Your images stood out because, you know, your editing style doesn't look like everybody else's or people look happy in your pictures. So you can really avoid a lot of blending in or, or kind of not standing out with people by sticking true to what you feel good about. You know, you don't need to reinvent the wheel with your style. What style you like will always come off as more genuine and appealing to people um, than if you try and just follow trends or copycat others. But you probably have other areas of your business that you can improve, like your website. Um, you know, I've been into making web pages and graphics and stuff since I was in like sixth grade, but it doesn't mean that I'm a web designer or uh, a graphic designer. Or, and I've always enjoyed writing and, and reading too, but it doesn't make me a copywriter. So if you're looking to level up your business, like getting into delegating tasks like that out to experts will help you level up without, um, again, without needing a whole ton of prior success before or aiming to be somebody else who like, you know, like, oh, I look up to John Doe photography because they're in like Harper's Bazaar or whatever. I mean, again, if that's your thing and that's your style, go for it. But 
You don't need to change who you are to be successful. You know, there's just a lot of misconceptions out there in this industry about what success is. You know, everybody has a different definition of that. I think it's great. And I do think it's one of the big misconceptions. I'm glad you brought it up. You know, I I hear quite a bit about how people don't want to get into luxury because they don't like the people or they don't want to they don't want to put the hustle in at a new level or they don't feel comfortable wearing a suit or a cocktail dress to a party that they're working. There's lots of opportunity to increase your rates without attracting clients like that. I can't remember what it was you were charging when you and I first started working together, but I'm guessing it's probably anywhere between 50 and 100% you know, more with the business that you're doing you still haven't had to go to a rooftop in New York wearing a tuxedo to get five, six, seven thousand $7,000 for your work. That's certainly a misconception that I think a lot of people have. I, have, I can tell you how many people come to me and they're like, yeah, I want to get luxury prices, but I don't want to work with people who are in luxury. How do I do that? And they tell me oftentimes, like you might, that they're at a certain price point. I'm like, you're already there. You just got to keep doing more of what you're doing. You do you and keep getting the kind of business that you're getting and you'll be happy with not just the money you're making, but with the kind of people that you're working with. There's no more out there that you need to go out and get. One of the things you brought up is people are spending, especially in my market here, I mean, everything's going to be scaled to markets and you know, there's going to be variables and outliers, people who overspend, underspend, undervalue, but people are spending a lot on their wedding. There's, to your point of everything you just said, there's more leeway in that budget than people probably realize because when you, you look at their entire budget for the wedding, you know, photography is important to people and they're willing to spend on it. They can probably, they're probably willing to spend just a hair bit more if you provide a great value, whether that's adding on a video, adding on an album, uh, an engagement session, a um, anniversary session, or, you know, there's just, there's a lot of opportunity there, or even just during increasing your rates. I mean, Look, one of the biggest things I found this year, and and yeah, you're right. My prices are, in some cases, almost double. I'm very comfortable talking about money, uh, especially with you, Sam. And there were some weddings when we first started working together. Yeah, I was doing for just like a little bit under three thousand, and now my starting prices are in the mid five. So for some jobs, yeah, that's pretty much double what I was charging. And I've definitely improved with some of my you know artistic skills and consistency since then, but not too much. I mean. One of the funny things is when people in photography groups show like, here's where I started like 2017 versus now, like a uh, wedding picture. Like, well, for me, the biggest change I've made is in the sales process and in having a, a better looking website, being better at talking to people, responding faster and more factually and with great information for people with uh, off- doing things like offering to talk to the parents if they want, or um, if you know, somebody has a concern about, oh, uh, I don't like X, Y, or Z. Can we make sure, you know, making them feel comfortable with everything. Like all of that things right off the bat in these initial consults, that's all I've changed. I don't want to say I haven't gotten better at photography and, and, and editing and art and the art aspect. Because, yeah, I, I have. But it's been incrementally less compared to the other changes I've made. So I could, you know, if I wanted to be like more like black and white about it, I could say I've really not changed that much in terms of my artistic style, but I've changed everything in terms of the way I talk to people and like the elevated experience they have from A to Z with me in terms of sales and and customer service and all those things. So yeah, if you're out there and you're worried about, oh, I don't know if I'd fit into luxury or it's just not my market because look, just honestly out there across the whole U S there isn't a luxury market in every market. There's, you know, not every city is LA, Miami, Manhattan. It's just Chicago. Some people are in areas where that's just not the clientele or if it is, it's very limited. Like when I was in Florida, I was on the West coast and yeah, I mean, there's some ritzy stuff going on in Sarasota or whatever, but in general, that wasn't so much the client base there, but yeah, you can elevate yourself and your brand and everything in numerous ways that have nothing to do with the, you know, I see so many photographers get caught in this trap of, oh, well, you know, maybe if I just buy like whoever's preset or if I like, 
uh, do a styled shoot and like have like a fancy dress and flowers or, you know, one of the strange words like buzzwords over the past few years. Oh, like I need to be like more editorial in my approach for photography. Yeah. Again, there's, I'm not saying, and I, and I try and like not be so extreme to say none of that matters to yes. For certain things you do have to maybe change things up a little bit or, you know, I think I, this year I would like to go to a photography based workshop or something because I haven't done that in forever. And it, it just keeps it fun for me, but business wise, like, you know, all of that stuff is kind of noise to an extent. I, I hate to say it. And like you've told me this uh, and I've noticed it too, because there were people, when I worked at the camera store, there were guys, people coming in who were obviously very busy because the amount of equipment they were buying, the amount of prints they were ordering, but like, frankly, their work was not that good uh, photo wise. Now I couldn't run a business like that. Like I couldn't just shoot my camera on auto and take pictures that were crappy just because it wouldn't be fun for me. And I, and part of the reason I do this, I enjoy it so much is because it's fun for me. I enjoy the artistic and creative aspect of my job, but the cold truth is, is that you could be really mediocre or run of the mill in that aspect. But if you are good at selling and you take care of people, then it'll do just fine in business. Now I would never, again, I would never go that extreme just because that's an unappealing career to me. I love the creative, the fun, the lighting, all of it. I love that aspect of it, but I find that I've done really well because I think that I like both and I clients see that I'm excited about it. So that's one uh, aspect of it, but that, yeah, I mean, ignore so much of the attention for photographers on trying to fit in with other photographers in these groups and like trends and stuff. And really, I mean, the best money I've ever spent in my business has been on this kind of like sales education, a new website, all that stuff that seems like not like quote unquote fun for photographers because we're visual people or creatives or whatever, but it's the best money I've ever spent. And it's the reason I've been able to double my prices while mostly doing the same work. Again, I'm not exactly, but I feel confident that I could take the photos that I was doing six or seven years ago and use that as my portfolio, but with the same sales tools and, and things that I've learned from you and with like a better website, I could still raise my prices. So yeah, I mean, definitely focus on what matters in that aspect. You can definitely raise your prices. It's more so about everything you and I have talked about today versus being better necessarily at your craft, whether it's photography or you know anything else out there, wedding related. I think that's sage advice, my friend. You know, I think we have so much goodness in the work that we do. You've had great photos for a long time, but you didn't know how to communicate the value of what it was that you provided in addition to the photos. And so people weren't paying as high of a price for your services as you knew you deserved. Over the last couple of years, you've really focused on creating incredible experience for people who are interested in your services. And in doing so, you've been able to justify the higher prices that you knew you should be getting. And now you're finally getting them. I think that that's such a good lesson. I don't really know if there's much more or at least better advice that I could offer than figure out a way to communicate what you already do really well. That's all that it is. You just needed the tools and the direction to be able to do that. Now that you have, you've got so much success, you're overwhelmed with it. Yeah. My biggest fear before I invested the money with um, Katie and the team or, or with you, with some of these like sales consultations we do and stuff, my biggest misconception was that I wouldn't be able to still wouldn't be good at it or I, I wouldn't enjoy it. And look, yeah, there's things we have to do in business that we don't enjoy. It's not always fun, but you know, you guys actually made it fun for me. It's like, it was a new challenge. Um, the, the consults that like Katie and I did, or like I've done with Sarah for copywriting stuff. I actually enjoy it because you know, just like you teach us to ask our couples questions that make them think and, and have fun on these calls. You guys were asking me questions that were making me realize how much I do enjoy this aspect of thinking about my career. So if it's not something you're naturally good at, or you're, you know, you're having hesitations about paying for all, oh, like you look at like, oh, copywriting is going to be expensive. And then someone has to design my website. It seems to like all add up, but you don't have to do it all at once either. You know, uh, start with like the core pages on your website, the contact form, the course, the main land, you know, your main page, the services about like those portfolio, those core pages, get those done, design nicely, get some nice copywriting. Um, and, and that'll just take you 
into like a whole different stratosphere. And, and if you hire the right people, you will have fun with it. I know some people out there who have friends that have gotten burned by copywriters or designers that, that really didn't do them a good service. And they're like, oh, this has been like terrible. Like, I don't know. It doesn't sound like it was written in my voice and I don't like how it looks. So I think I'd be pretty miserable. We wouldn't be on this call right now if that's how I felt about what you guys did for me. But um, working with the right team like that will make it a fun experience for you. I really fell in love with my business and my career all over again by having, cause then I felt proud to send some on my website. You know um, I can look at other photographers websites in the same market. And it's like, well, just, I'm not worried about their competition. Cause yeah, I'm sure they'll book some work just like I was when I had a DIY website. But my, again, I don't say it to brag. I don't say it to be like, um, ragged. Uh, I just don't say it's like I'm better than anybody, but it's confidence. You have a good website and, and you should be proud of it. So, you know, just having, it, it gives you one less thing to worry about. Cause it's like, you know, you know, you're not going to have a website with typos. It's going to look good. It looks good on mobile. And, um, you know, again, it's not every single client, but I get compliments on my proposal, uh, template, you know, which I got from, from you guys, my, um, Website constantly, you know, it's like, wow, you have a beautiful website and it's from other photographers, from clients. And um, yeah, it's just, it gives you that kind of authority to charge higher prices, to be somebody. And look, you know, I actually heard somebody say recently through like the grapevine, somebody said, oh, you know, you know Mike, uh, he's not really a good photographer. He's just, it's all, it's all branding. It's all marketing. So that's the only reason he do, does well. It's like, all right, well, whatever, screw you. I really don't care. Fine. If that's what you think, I, I could care less. I like my photography. My clients like it. And and sure, if you want to think it's the website, you kind of just uh, said what I said before. People are always going to have opinions about artwork and stuff, but sounds like it was a pretty like jealous kind of bitter person to say that. I hope one day they get a good website. But, um, you know, that's that's the thing is that this process doesn't again, it can sound boring to like sit on a zoom with somebody and answer their questions. But to me, it wasn't, I mean, it just, it was so much fun to do that. And um, I'm really looking forward to seeing what happens next. And I appreciate you having me on this call, Sam. Yeah. Thanks, Mike. I, I love the, the history that you bring to the conversation because I know that you've got so much to offer your clients. We call it the helpers high. You talked earlier about wanting to get into education, maybe, spend more time doing that, that you like helping people. So do I, it's, you know, it is, it's, it's the helper's high. And I think when we reach a certain stage of skill where it feels almost like it's natural ability at that point, because you practice so much through repetition, we look to teach other people. It makes me feel proud of you and the work that you've done, knowing that it's not easy always to raise your hand and say, I don't know especially as a business owner, I think that there's a lot of pressure on us to feel like we have to know everything that we should be doing, even though we probably didn't go to school for it. And I think that the next three words that we say after that, I need help. Now that I know that I don't know, I need help. I think that takes a lot of courage. That's something that most business owners in the world don't do. I'm really happy that you did and I'm happy to see your success. And I think you deserve every ounce of it. And I think you're going to continue to get more of it because you're so focused on taking care of your clients. Everything you do is based around what you've got to do to make them feel the kind of satisfaction, happiness, joy, whatever that they're looking for. They don't even know how to articulate it, but you do. That's what makes you so good at what you do. And now that you've been able to communicate that back to them, they feel it and they're willing to pay more for it. And that's why you're getting the rates that you are. So you've done all the work. We just provided you with the direction, some of the tools, but you made it all happen. Yeah, it's um, everything you just said, pretty much uh, how I feel about it. And there's just like a little bit of a leap of faith you need to take because photographers, again, creatives, whatever, anybody in, in a similar industry can be a little bit prideful about something they've made because we're, we're creators, right? So if you've spent the time writing your website, writing, you know, your about page about whatever is on there and designing your site, probably you put a lot of time into it. And don't be hard on yourself for it. You did the best you could. I know I did the best I could with what I had available to me at the time and it, it served its purpose, but don't be afraid to, to um, and don't be prideful about it. If you can get something better that's done by a professional, 
it's okay to to start from scratch and and it's like you, some people I don't want to throw it away or like it's been there forever if it's been there forever, it's probably a better reason to to get a new one. I mean, at some point in the future, I'm going to want, you know, a little bit of a redesign on my site, even though I love how it looks now, but it's all we'll about be here for you, Mike, when you're ready. Yeah. For that. <laughs> it's, a, it's a journey. <laughs> so don't, don't, don't get caught up on that. It's okay. It's not throwing it away. It's making it better. I love that. Okay. Quick announcement for you, dear listener. I'm wrapping up content on my new level up training program. We're releasing it on January 17th through the 20th, just four days, and to the first 25 people who sign up. Now, the perfect person for this program is someone who's already filling their calendar, but wants to focus on raising rates and working with better clients. I'll be doing a mix of group training sessions, one-on-one coaching, and we're going to offer copywriting services. We're going to use innovative techniques not taught by others in the wedding industry. Basically, Everything I've learned about the psychology of selling and then honed in the field over the past 15 years. Now, we're going to be covering how you can apply these general principles directly to your business. And we're also providing done-for-you tools to help convert couples at key steps in the buyer's journey. This is not a mastermind. This is an immersive learning experience combined with persuasive copywriting collateral and comprehensive audits on your sales process. Quick backstory on why I created this program for you. In January and February of 2020, I hosted a three-day live workshop for wedding pros who are ready to grow their businesses fast. I created a curriculum based on the foundations of a solid sales process and sprinkled in a few advanced techniques like selling different buyer types. The results from our attendees were nothing short of astounding, even during the pandemic. But that's what hit right after our second workshop. And since then, I've been waiting for the opportunity to do this in-person workshop again. But last month when Omicron hit, I realized we might be waiting for a long time. So I decided to create this four-week immersive instead, something we can do virtually. Now, last year, we came out with our blueprint to book more. We had hundreds of wedding pros take the signature course, and they filled their calendars. It worked. But now that the calendar is full, it's time to get more from every date that you book. I'm really excited to share these advanced approaches with everyone in my new program. We're calling it Catapult Sales. If BTBM created the foundation for your success... This new Level Up program is going to catapult it faster and further than before. I designed it to address everything a wedding pro like you needs to raise your prices with confidence and do it knowing it's going to work. Like I said earlier, enrollment is going to be limited to the first 25 people who sign up, and we're only going to have four days to register, January 17th through 20th, because I want to give everyone the one-on-one attention your business deserves and also take advantage of the current booking season we're about to get into. So tune into our Facebook group, Sell Weddings Like a Pro, for more information, or head over to Instagram, where we'll be sharing more of the details. And DM me if you have questions. I'm here for all of them. Boom. That's it for this episode on Own Your Business. If you've heard me on a stage or a workshop or someone else's podcast, you know I have a hard time keeping it short, but I know you're busy. So thanks for spending time with me today. You have a ton of options for guides when it comes to getting you to where you want to go. I hope you found someone you can continue to trust. If you have a friend who could use practical strategies to own their business, please share this episode with them. If you can't think of anyone in particular, we'd settle for a quick review on whatever podcast platform you listen through. 